Hello, everybody. My name is uh, Sophia Monique, um, and you're joining the Beauty of Love uh, talk show. Um, today, uh, we have a few guests on the line, um, and we'll be discussing a few different things, but I wanted to just go ahead and give you guys um, an understanding of what Beauty and Love stands for. Uh, spreading the Beauty of Love is a... Um, is the, the name of this talk show, and it stands for, you know, spreading the love of Jesus Christ through different um, avenues, whether that be art, spoken words, or different things like that. Um, today I have um, Apostle Ashante and his daughter, Prophetess Audria, on the line, and the topic that they will be talking about today is how to spiritually combat pain that affects us mentally and physically. But I also wanted to let you guys know that by the end of this call, you will be able to um, ask questions, and we'll be able to answer them um, as we receive them. So thank you so much for joining, and I'm going to go ahead and let the call um, go over to my husband, Apostle Shante, and his daughter, Prophetess Audria. So you guys um, enjoy the show. Good evening, and God bless you all. And uh, thank you for tuning in and joining us. And I'm going to let my daughter say a few words. Uh, Her name is Prophetess Audria, and she's on the line with us already. And um, we're going to talk about some things that uh, affect people. Actually, I believe it's a blanket message. It affects everybody. It's not sporadic. It's complete. And what that means is, is that the topic of um, seriously combating things that attack us mentally and physically is something that everyone that comes into this world has to experience. And, that never, and that's because there's the existence of good and evil in the world. This is not what the Lord made as paradise, per se. It's been invaded with something called sin, so therefore sin entered into the world. There's a lot of other unclean things that have entered into the world, including um, disease and affliction and people treating people wrong and all types of things. Sin has a big category. And, um, for instance, uh, the, the opposite of love is not hate. That's only one attribute of the opposite of love. The opposite of love is sin. Because whatever is not of, not of love is sin. So therefore, people experience things that come against them because it's the category of sin. Hate is only one thing. Sin affects you in different types of areas. And, and the scripture says, and I'm going to give it to Audrey, the scripture says that by one man's sin entered into the world. It didn't say by one man's sin entered into man, although it entered into man by man, but it spread through the whole world. Nothing died. There was no plants dying or anything like that, no animals dying. There was no death in the world till sin came in. So the scripture says that it affected the whole creation as far as the earth. And so everything in earth is in a state of deterioration. It's in a state of breakdown. That's why you got to fix this and repair that and wash this and clean that and get new this and get new that. And they're always coming out with new this and new that. But you're back because your old is wearing out and getting old because sin is taking it down. So anyway, we're going to talk about some things concerning uh, reality that has to be affected spiritually. So my wonderful daughter, Audrey. Good evening, um, (laughs) everybody. Amen. 
Oh. Amen. Um, you want to you want to say a few things starting out about um, even about your personal experiences about things. Sure, sure. Um, just to kind of give a background for everyone, I'm 23 years old. I am a stage four endometriosis survivor, and for those who don't necessarily understand what that means, in a nutshell, it means that the body that I thank God that he has given me um, fights me and is in a state of chronic pain most of the time. Um, It's a battle that you cannot see. It's a mental and physical struggle. And on October 31st, I had to undergo two surgeries. I underwent a total hysterectomy and I underwent a appendectomy because the endometriosis had crawled into my appendix and into my colon. So even though that is something that is a physical ailment, there's a spiritual and a mental residue that it tried to leave on me that I've had to spiritually combat. And I'm learning that the pains and the things that we go through are invisible. And we've become so wrapped up in the things that we can see, touch, taste, hear, and smell that we forget that there is an invisible world that is very, very much more real than the world that we can see. And the sad part is that even though we may ignore the invisible world, it, it does not go away. It never goes away. So sometimes it takes us to get to a little too late if we don't know God, to get to a point where we finally understand I'm finding something that I cannot see. So my biggest thing um, that I want to help people with, especially the young people, because we need to know how to fight in this world that we're coming into, um, is how to spiritually warfare for yourself and for the ones that you love. Because that invisible world is very much real, and it is not going anywhere, and we need to be aware of it and what it means to be in that world. Hallelujah. Amen. The word. Amen for that. So, with that said, it is a combat, like warfare, C-O-M-B-A-T. So, and the scripture says, the uh, weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds and imaginations and every high thing that would exhaust itself against the knowledge of God, and we bring every thought into captivity and to the obedience of Christ, Second Corinthians 7.10. Anyway, point being is this. Though the attacks are spiritual, invisible, though the attacks affect the physical, the natural, the main warfare is how you think it. The main warfare is your perception of it. Because one of the weapons of the enemy is deception. Okay? So most of the attacks that we get are there to not only affect us or distract us or evilly attract us, they're there to deceive us. So it's the definition that you have of what's going on. So I said that to say this. In the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Son of the Most High God, the only Savior of the whole world, in him there's peace. That's why he said 
Come unto me, all you that are burdened and heavy laden, and I give rest unto your souls. Because without the soul having rest, the body is going to just do whatever's affecting it. Body is kind of like, uh, uh, it's more than, than like a child. It's almost like it's animalistic. It just responds to whatever's hitting it. In other words, they say in, in, in physics, I don't go with that no more, but they say for every action there's an equal and opposite reaction. Well, the physical man is always reacting to an action that came against him, but he doesn't know how to use the weapons of God, Shande. He doesn't know how to use the weapon of the scripture. Every time Jesus was attacked by the enemy in the wilderness, he didn't try to debate, debate with him, have no vain conversation. He said, it is written. Mm-hmm. It is written. If you be the son of God, turn this stone into bread. It is written. Man don't live by bread alone, but by every word. So in other words, that was a total dependency on what does say of God and not what does say of nobody else's opinion. Because that's one of the things that I see in ministry, and I've seen it for years. I put a post up a while back that said, public enemy number one, is the opinions of other people because so many people follow the opinions of other people instead of what thus say of God that they are all over the place trying to deal with something. Now, you might have a serious situation, but until you apply God to it, the creator of the heavens and earth, until you apply God to it, you don't really have it cured. You're putting a Band-Aid or, 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 or medication on it, which sometimes is, is, is good, but let's get the whole thing healed. That's why sin uh, had to be healed by the blood of Jesus. So therefore, the blood of Jesus can cleanse us from all sin. First John chapter seven, I mean chapter one, verse seven. So what happens is, is that my 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 thing that I'm trying to say is, is this: in the beginning, God; in the middle, God; in the end, God. So everything needs to be submitted to Him. So worship of God. In the book of um, John, in chapter 4, Jesus was at a well, and he was talking to a lady. He said, bring me the drink. And she said, well, you got nothing to draw with. He said, if you knew who it was to speak with you, you would ask, drink of me. And I'll give you a level lesson. And then she said, she made a statement. She said, well, we know that the Messiah coming. He said, I'm just speaking with you as he. And he said, and it's now time for the true worshipers. And them that worship God, he turned the conversation over to worship. Them that worship God must worship in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh himself to worship, worship him. There's nothing that you put on the worship that won't let you go. He, Holy Ghost. There's nothing that you can submit to worship that won't let you go. Because the only thing that can stand in worship is what's of God. That's why the world is trying to get everybody to worship everything but God. Exactly. Follow me, Audrey? And I know in you, I I know personally with you, by the grace of Jesus, I thank God for it, that you're a worshiper. And that's what you had to do, and you can talk about it, that's what you've had to do to overcome what medicine couldn't help you with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Amen? Amen. Want to say something about it? Sure. So, first thing... I want people to understand is worship doesn't have to be what everyone thinks worship has to be. Worship is 
first to know. Amen. Worship is a relationship solely between you and your creator. When a baby is born, it is very important that the baby is put in the arms of his mother and is able to be wrapped in the embrace of his mother because that is where he came from. And there is a love and there is a spirit of love that only the mother can give that newborn baby. That is the life that we live every single day with God, whether we are aware of it or not. So what people have to understand is there is a reason that in the beginning there was only one man on the planet with God to begin with. Come on. It wasn't a group. There was no group mentality. There was one man in God. So even though we have gotten to a point now where there's billions of people on the planet and there's billions of influence, you have to be able to get to a point where nobody on the planet exists but you and God. So for me, for me, when my pain started to try and overtake me, small things um, helped me. Writing, my art, I'm a painter. I'm a drawer, I'm a photographer, and I'm a singer. All of those things are worship. I use all of those outlets to worship. And worship doesn't have to be scary. Worship doesn't have to be uncomfortable. It doesn't have to have pressure or anything like that. Worship is literally releasing the pressure out of you and giving it to God and letting him know that you submit because, God, I cannot do this alone. So if I have to write until I feel a release, if I have to paint and put this paint and these crayons on paper until I feel a release, that's just what I have to do. And even though it may not be easy at the start, when you continue to do it, there's a flow that happens because that's how you were created. And when people understand that it can be just as easy to worship God as it is to worship a friend when you go to an event or an artist when you go to a concert, to worship a pastor when you go to church. We worship things every single day. We sit in front of the TV for hours and we worship. It's all about giving attention, who you're giving attention to. So when you get to a point where you take attention off of the things that are trying to drain you and you give your attention to God, that's all that worship is. And it allows things to fall off of you. Amen. I'm going to make a statement right down on what you said um, and what they call the Old Testament in the Scriptures. Um, there was something that was called um, the tabernacle, and it had three parts. It had the outer court, the inner court, and the holy of holies. And in order for the um, high priest to go into the holy of holies, he would have to take um, blood of bulls and goats and lambs as a sacrifice for the sins of the people. But he had to pass through a veil. The veil was between the inner court and the Holy of Holies. Well, that tabernacle, temple, represented a person because we are body, then soul, then spirit. And in order to get into the spirit, you got to pass through the veil of the flesh to get into the true worship. And what happens is, is that people, uh, they can mentally, Watch out, God. They can mentally sometimes 
think about the things of God, but it has to be transformed, born again, into spiritually. Jesus said, John chapter 4, them that worship God must worship in spirit and in truth. That means you can't worship him calling him some idol's name. His name ain't no Allah, no Buddha, or nothing else. His name is the most high God. His name is Jehovah, Shadalom His name is the creator, as it is written in the scripture, the, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Hallelujah, God. He is the Lord God. So when you worship him as the Lord God, but you can't reach him if you ain't coming through Jesus Christ. That's why his, his flesh was uh, uh, crucified on the cross. And when, his, when he was crucified, it's in the book of Matthew, it says that the veil of the temple was rent from top to bottom. That was evidently God renting the, the, the um, veil the curtain saying there's no more separation now between me and man. The man had to stand out of court. He couldn't get to God because of his sin. But through Jesus Christ, we pass through the veil, through the blood. He's the Lamb of God. He's our Passover. So now we walk into the worship that couldn't be reached before because Jesus told uh, Nicodemus in John chapter 3, he said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit of spirit, except a man be born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So the kingdom of God is not a place. Jesus said kingdom of God don't come with observation where you would say low here or low there, but the kingdom of God is within you. So you have to go into the spirit. You got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. That's what Paul said. No apostle. He said, do you not know that you are the temple of God and the spirit of God dwelleth in you? So what has to happen is, like my daughter said, you got to get separated. Because it's separation before transformation. And in his presence is fullness of joy. So when we seek him, I'm not talking about as an event. I'm talking about as a lifestyle. When we seek him, like we want him more than anything else that they try to make us want. Because that's what we're always in contact with. That's what we're always dealing with. The whole world is a commercial. The first commercial was in the garden in um, Genesis chapter 3. When the serpent said to the woman, if you eat of this tree, you'll become as God. He was selling it. And that's what temptation is all about, selling you something. It ain't necessarily that you pay with money. You might buy for it, pay for it with your soul. You may pay for it with your sanity. You may pay for it in other ways that ain't necessarily monetary. Be careful what you purchase. Be careful what you spend your time doing. Be careful what you seek after. Because whatever you take, you worship. That's how we can tell what you worshiping, what you chasing, what you running after, what you seeking. The scripture says no man can serve two masters. He will, he will love one and despise the other or hate one and love the other. So what happens is, is that God knows that we need money. It says in um, Matthew chapter 6, but it says in 6.33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. What happens is people seek the world before they seek God. That's why the world rules your life. The scripture says, Romans 
chapter 12, verse 2. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Wow. By changing the way I think. How are you going to change the way you think? What food is to the body, knowledge is to the mind. So sometimes people got an unclean diet of information. I call it contamination information. Now you malfunction in your thinking because you didn't fed your mind the wrong stuff. Thinking, thinking, they call it. And so what happens is, is that the mind gets full of inf- That's what the tree was in the garden. It was the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So some knowledge, that's why in the scripture where it talks about the weapons of our warfare, not carnal, mighty through God to the pulling down strongholds, imaginations, and we bring every thought into captivity, is all talking about thinking and imaginations. So that is the ruling aspect. That's why the head on top of the body. Because it's supposed to rule. Four of the five senses of the body is above the neck. My daughter mentioned what you see, touch, taste, and smell. What you see is above the neck. What you hear is above the neck. Your hearing, your eyes, what you smell, your nose is above the neck. Your taste, your mouth is ain't below one below the neck. Feelings. That's the only thing that's in the body. Feeling. So you can't see, you can't hear, you can't talk right. Nothing. If you're living below the neck. And most people do. That's why they even got this term. Do you feel me? I don't live off feelings. What's that, devil? We live off of wisdom. They're coming from God. The only wise God, as it says in the book of Jude. So, point is, is this. There's a transformation change that has to take place in people's lives. And the transformation is to stop worshiping the things of the world and worship the most high, true, only God, the only true God, the Father of Jesus Christ. And when we come into true worship with him, and she said relationship, relationship needs to transform into fellowship. That means, I see, and say it like this. You need a relationship with God, but some people got a relationship with people, and you don't talk to each other. Mm-hmm. So we need fellowship. Fellowship means communication. So we commune. Commune means common union. That means the two become one. Hey, the scripture says we live, move, and have our being in him. So we have to become one with him. All glory to God. All glory to God all the time. So if all of our decisions are submitted to Jesus Christ, all of our desires are submitted to Jesus Christ, then all of our wants and needs get corrected and we don't chase all the things that they're trying to just tempt us and offer us. Therefore, your appetites get under subjection. And once your appetites get under subjection, you can't be deceived no more because you ain't going for what they're trying to say you. Paul said, I learned to be content in whatever state I'm in. I learned to abase and I learned to abound. I learned to, to have much and then I learned to suffer need. I can do all these things. They always say you can do all these things through Christ Jesus, but they don't say that you can just be content. Until you know how to be content, ain't nothing going to satisfy you. That's that appetite. The more you get, God delivered me from drug addiction. I was doing cocaine at 11 years old. And I just mentioned it as a side thing. And no matter how much I got, when I went back, I had to get more than I had the last time. So you don't kill an appetite by feeding it. You kill it by starving it to death. You kill it by not feeding it no more. If you ain't got no axe and need the tree go down, just stop letting it get water and sunshine. It'll fall. So what happens is they steady trying to feed us. I hear you, God. They steady trying to feed us stuff that we don't need, 
instead of feeding us God that we do need. Because until you eat God, like David say, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Until you eat God, feed off of God, hunger and thirst for righteousness, hunger and thirst for God, not just treat him like he's some kind of genie in a lamp or Santa Claus on Christmas. Call on him when you want him, like some people do in their marriage. I hear you. Holy Ghost. See? You're mad because what you can get out of the person. Supposed to be an investment. That means it's supposed to be good. That's why the scripture says, I hear you, God. That's why the scripture says in First Corinthians chapter 13, it's not translated as love. It's translated as charity. Because charity is what you give. Just like breathing. God showed me that thing. He showed me that you can take in all the oxygen. If you inhale, you can take in all the oxygen that your lungs can hold. And hold that oxygen and pass right out because you didn't give it back. So he showed me that, that love is like that. You take in your love and you receive the love that you need from me. Then that will help you to give love to other people. You exhale it to them. And you won't need to inhale it from them because you already inhaled it from God. So we need to know how to breathe correctly. We've been trying to inhale people, and we've been inhaling their bad attitudes, their opinions, their they, 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 they contaminated conversation, and all of their unclean stuff. And so, therefore, we full a computer virus. No matter what virus it is, comes up under one category, information. I, I used to, in my natural, I used to work on computers, uh, computer tech. And all computer viruses are nothing but information that makes the computer malfunction from the way it was designed to function. So all of this that we're dealing with in this world is contamination, information. What you can learn is killing you. Hey, that's why it was the knowledge of good and evil in the garden. What they learned killed them. And one of the things that they learned is they didn't know nothing about it first. They learned how to die. That's what the devil taught them. He taught them how to die when God gave them the knowledge to know how to live. So the scripture tells you how to live, but the world is going to teach you how to die. Die to die. You want to live forever. Jesus is the Lord. So, just wanted to break off that little limited tree, boo, for a minute. Anyway, keep dropping. You said something about, about what God didn't deliver you out of because I didn't walk you at 23 years old, walk through it. I didn't watch you overcome because of the strength God gives you. And bless my soul. Now, something that I want you to mention, your pain has made you closer to God. Mm -hmm. Amen? Amen. Talk to me. Pain is something that I'm starting to really, really understand what that is. And something that we have to deprogram in ourselves is that pain is not a part of being on this planet. Mm. And the truth of the matter, the ugly truth of the matter is that pain will always be a part of being on this planet because there is sin on this planet. Amen. This is not 
our final destination. This is not what we were finally created to experience. So this is going to be a very uncomfortable experience. And if we don't know God, when that pain or when that sin starts to creep in, it literally, like my dad says, will creep into your mind like a virus and it will try to make you forget every single good thing that God has ever done for you. And you can go outside, you can look at the sky and see how beautiful the earth is, but that pain inside of your head will tell you that there is nothing to be joyful for. And something that I've learned is it's now becoming like second nature to breathe God and breathe a relationship with God. And I sat outside today. I thank God because sitting outside is one of the ways that I get my peace, and I thank God to put me in a place where I'm separated in the country to where I can go outside and just have the peace of God and the peace of nature. I was sitting outside listening to worship music, and I wrote something. And it's short, but it's important. And what I wrote was, breathing is to worship as worship is to breathing. The wind, the wind cannot blow without the trees moving. And the trees cannot move unless the wind blows. Amen. Good work. Neither one of them put in effort at all. It just happens. So what has to happen is we have to get to a point where we stop trying to fix things in our lives and trying to be in charge of things that we were not created to be in charge of. We have a holy creator for a reason. We were put here to sit like a plant and just accept what God has given us. And when you get to the point where you understand Pain will be here, but if I have God, I can still have peace. Everything else will start to fall into place, and the things that try to rule you won't have as much power over you anymore. And that's the place that I've gotten to. I've gotten to a place where I have to rely on God, like I have to breathe, because this pain that tries to come on me comes in my chest, and it tries to take my breath away, literally, physically tries to take my breath away, and I have to make myself sing to God. And at first it seems hard and it feels like I can't breathe, but as I continue to sing, my lungs start to open up and my eyes start to widen up and get bigger and I start to remember who I am. And it reminds me that the closer that you get to God, the less this world weighs on you. Mm. That's, mm. that's what's important. Yeah, that's what's up. See, I call it back like Adam. You mentioned about there was mm-hmm. one man, Adam. Mm-hmm. You can't spell his name, A-T-O-M. And out of Adam became Adam and Eve and all the rest of mankind. But the point is, is this. Back like Adam, Adam was content in the garden. In other words, with what God had given him. Now, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and they that dwell therein, it's written in the scripture. And he gave the earth unto man to have dominion, to subdue it, and bring all things unto subjection. That's what Adam messed up. He's supposed to kept that serpent under subjection because he was a beast of the field, and God gave Adam, man, 
dominion over all the beasts of the field. And so when he let the beast die ruling him, the beast became his God. But the point is, is this. To know God is to go back to the beginning and start off how God created you to be and not how the world is trying to form you into being. The world tries to form you with information, with what they saying, their opinions, what they think, their perception, and most of it is deception. Because the world, the scripture says in the book of Revelation, the great dragon did deceive the whole world. The whole world has been under, uh, under deception. So why would I ask a blind man how to see? Why would a butterfly that's been freed go back to a caterpillar to get advice? So we got to read, hallelujah, God. We got to understand where the truth comes from. See? So the truth only comes from God. The scripture says there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, Father of all. So therefore, what we need to do, back like Adam, we need to go back to the Father. That's why the families are breaking down and all that like that. It's just a sign of the time that people ain't with God. So it's a, a breakdown between the parents and the children, but it's, it's, it's ain't nothing but a shadow or the breakdown between the children of God and their Father, the Creator. Mankind don't know God no more. Some of them know about him. Faith to become a no. Jesus said if you got faith, it's a mustard seed. Faith is supposed to be the seed. You're supposed to grow up until you know him. Not just believe. Thank God for belief. That's the growing process. But have you known him? Shande, That's what he wants for us to know him. When Moses had Israel in the book of Exodus, exit us. Get us up out of here. When he had um, Israel in, 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 um, in the wilderness, in chapter 19, the scripture says that God told Moses to bring the people before his presence. He was coming down on the mountain. His presence was coming on the mountain. And in chapter 19 and chapter 20, if you read that, you'll see where all that took place. He told them to wash their clothes, get yourself prepared. In other words, get cleaned up. The physical cleaning really was representing a spiritual situation. Anyway, they got cleaned up, this, that, and the other, and the, and the mountain shook, and smoke came, and there was a great earthquake, the scripture said, and the presence of God was coming on the mountain. And the people turned and said, Moses, you talk to him. Now, that's what people do in churches sometimes. I ain't against church. I believe in church. Church is scripturally sound. But some of these organizations I do not believe in. Because what the people will do, they'll run to the pastor like he got. I ain't got no problem with people running to a pastor. That's what God put him there for. But he ain't God. Hey, Holy Ghost. And what happened was is that Moses had been their leader. He was their pastor. And God wanted his people to know him for themselves. So he took Moses out the picture. Now y'all going to have to depend on me. Joshua represented Jesus Christ. You, your pastor, Moses, is supposed to introduce you to your Savior, Jesus Christ. Joshua represents Jesus. So therefore, what happens is, is that we as ministers, we're not supposed to lead you to us. We're supposed to lead you to God. We're the link. We're supposed to take you and help you get to God because you don't know where he at or how to find him on your own. But there comes a time where you're supposed to know God for yourself. What child ain't supposed to know his own father and mother for themselves? That's where you come from, then that's where you need to go back to. 
Lord showed me something that, it, well, everything he shows you just shakes me. I have to meditate on it for some days. But he showed me, according to the scripture, say in the beginning, God, God showed me, he said, I don't start in the beginning, I start in the end. See, that's why the book of Revelations and different parts of the scripture can tell us about what didn't come, ain't come yet, but it didn't already happen. And the way he showed it to me, the example that I can understand with my little mentality was that he made a man. He didn't make a baby first. He made a man. He made a man representing the end result. And then the man gave birth to a, had a baby, which is the beginning result. So the end gives birth to the beginning. The beginning don't give birth to the end. So therefore, we need to go, Holy Ghost, to the God, Jesus said, I'm the Alpha and the Maker, the first and the last, the beginning and the end, him that was, is, and shall be. So time don't limit God. Time only limits people. We need to stop being limited by the things that's limited everybody else and get out of the limitations of everybody else and get into the unlimited Almighty, everlasting, eternal, most high, living forever, can't never die, God. It's just what it is. All the stuff that God brought me through, and I know there's people with some powerful testimonies, but no matter what I dealt with in my life, I always had to come back home. Jesus, Holy Father. I always, there was no solutions, and I believe that God set it up that way, and I'm so glad he did. That way, I didn't just go, uh, part of the way, I had to go the distance. I had to get back home to God. The scripture say we live, move, and have our being in him. In John chapter 15, the scripture say, if you abide in me, abide means to live, and my words abide in you. You can ask what you will. God gave us the desires of our heart, but your heart needs to be right. You might want something that ain't good for you and don't know it. Yeah, because we chase, I'm first in line, chased a lot of stuff. Good God Almighty, I don't even want to say. Chased a lot, like I say, I started experimenting with coke. That's just one thing at 11. Having sex at 11. All sin started busting out of my life at 11. I don't know why, don't care. I'm not looking back to Egypt. God delivered me. I'm not saying I'm done. I don't miss it no more. I had people tell me since I've been here, they say, you don't never go back home. They must have been really after you up there because I got into some gang activity and stuff like that. I say, no, it ain't that. I say, what it was is I didn't just cross the bridge. I burned it. I don't want to go back. I can talk to my family on the phone. And they can come visit me. I'm not going back to Egypt. I went back one time, and I begged God. I said, what in the world did I come back here for? I'm going to say this real quick and get my daughter's phone, then we're going to get ready to close up the show. I've been home, I grew up in Detroit, and I have been out of the city for two years. Two years I have been gone. God allowed me to get a thousand miles away from that place. I'm going to go back and visit. I miss everybody. Jesus, why do you miss hell? Anyway, I go back, same joker standing on the corner getting high, slanging that dope, doing all the things they used to do. And they, and, 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 uh, they said, what's up, Chuck? That's what they used to call me, Chuck. What's up, Chuck? What's I say, these jokers don't even realize I've been gone for two years. They're in such some kind of dead state of mind. They don't even realize that I, wouldn't, I ain't been here. I wasn't here this morning, y'all. I ain't been here two years. 
What's up, Chuck? What's going on here? We're going to take this, this, and that. And this one dude that was in our neighborhood that was, he was super scoundrel. And I said, man, that's Joe. They said, yeah, Joe thinks he's too good for us. Now nah, he don't even hang around no more. He ain't got, with, he ain't got married, got two little girls. I said, Joe done woke up. Joe done woke up. Let me get out of here. What I'm doing back here? Why do you miss hell, Jesus? Talking to somebody. Why do you miss hell? What in hell do you want? Jesus. We got to learn. Once we get free, the scriptures say, who the son make free is free indeed. But it's your choice. You can go back if you want to. There's a, uh, John chapter 5 when Jesus healed the man that was um, laying for 38 years. This man had been laying by the pool of Bethesda. And Jesus came by. You have to read the scripture. I don't want to say the whole thing because I get the preaching on it. Anyway, and Jesus told him, rise, pick up your bed and walk. And then he said this later on in the scripture when he saw the man again. He said, now go and sin no more. That's the worst thing come on you. He told the lady with the issue, um, not with the issue, but the lady was caught in adultery. Same thing. Now go and don't sin no more. That's the worst thing come on you. So see what people don't realize, once God didn't got you out, don't go back. Don't. That's why sometimes he'll let you whine and cry and, and, and really get grieved with something before he gets you loose from it. I'm preaching. Yeah, I've been there. God, get me out, get me out. And ain't nothing changing. Then he finally get me out. I ain't never going back no more. I ain't never going back no more. I ain't never going back no more. Don't miss it. Last dope dream I had. Friend of mine, he died from heroin overdose. Last dope dream I had. I don't know if anybody on the line been dealt with narcotics, but I was a dope fiend, true to the game. Anyway, point being, this dude, his name was Irving. We called him Irving the Dope Fiend. He had died, and after I moved, he used to come to me in my dreams, and I know it was a spirit, and try to get me to sell dope and do this, that, and other. And this one night, I was having a dream about it. He's like, come on, Chuck, do this, do that, and I say, man, I don't do that no more. We arguing. And all of a sudden, I heard something say, shoot, come past my head. It was an arrow. And the arrow hit him, and he went down and died right there on the floor in the dream now. And so he was already dead. But the reason I bring it up, I turned, and there was an angel. Holy Father in heaven. There was an angel standing over in the corner with a bow and arrow. And I said, you're a warrior of God, ain't you? And he didn't even speak to me. He just shook his head like, yeah, I am. And that's been 15, 20 years ago. I ain't never had a dope dream, drug dream, or, 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 or feeling for that since. So it was a deliverance from the past, Holy Ghost. And sometimes people need to be delivered from the past. Like they say, you can, you can take the, the person out of Egypt, but then you got to take Egypt out the person. I tell God. You can take the joker out the hood, but then you got to take the hood out the joker. Warfare, devil. And that's what's got to happen with some people sometimes. Why? You got to get rid of that desire. That desire ain't supposed to be there. That's of the devil. How's the devil going to make me love sin? I don't think so. I don't love it no more. I realize what it is. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Shit! 
break your back. That was warfare. So what I'm saying is, is that there's some people that's dealing with some stuff. You want to be free, but it's like a stronghold, something holding you. Holy Ghost, talk to me. A little stronghold holding you. Holy Ghost, talk to me. Yeah, well, God can break it. Because it is written, who the Son make free is free indeed. That's complete. No residue, no after effect, no side effect. No brokenheartedness, no bad memories. It's gone like it never happened. Believe me. Truth. They don't teach that in the world. They always, even when I went through drug rehab, they was like, once an addict, always like, the devil is a lie. I only see that no more. I used to believe that when I was dealing with them. And then after I, I, I got delivered and God saved me, I went to get into a meeting one time. They threw me out because, see, I wasn't of the right spirit. <laughs> so you have to understand, like my daughter said, these things, what's going on in this invisible realm? Hey, God, I praise you. So anyway, we're going to get ready to close it up. You want to say something else? Probably just before we finish. Yeah, just quickly, um, I want to say a scripture and kind of explain how it helps me. It is written in Romans 6 and 3. Amen. It says, Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized until his death. I wrote that down today, and below it I wrote, until you see God my Father, you will never see me. Hmm. And what I want you guys to understand is that we have been taught to fear death. Mm. We have been taught we have been taught to run from death like you never ran before. But there's a trick to accepting death through Christ Jesus. My Lord wasn't always the man that he is now, the savior that he is now. He had to die and lay down Watch his out. life for Watch his out. father. And when he laid down his life for his father and accepted the fate that nobody else would, God took him and he raised him higher than anybody else will ever be able to go. So the point of me saying that is there are many of you who feel like you're as low as you can go. And I've been there. I am there. I understand. But when you get to that point, I want you to be encouraged because when you get to a point where you can't go no lower, that means that God is getting ready to put his hands up under you and bring you higher than you have ever, ever gone before. And through death, things that have tried to hold on to you, as my father said, those strongholds will die as well. And there will Amen. be new resurrection and new life in the death of your flesh. So just be encouraged. Submit. Be encouraged and understand that there is always a plan and there is always a why. And you don't even know you as much as God knows you. And when you understand that, the things that you thought you needed and the things that you thought would fix you 
won't have power over you anymore because you understand that there is a creator that really actually knows what the solution is. So just let him fix it. Holy Ghost. That's all right. That's it. Amen for that. Just let him fix it. It needs to be a broadcast in itself. Just let him fix it. The creator of the heavens, the earth, the seas, and all that in them is. If he can create, he can repair. God, I praise you for the Holy Ghost. God bless everybody. We thank you for tuning Mm -hmm. in. We appreciate you. We're going to be doing these broadcasts on Friday at 7 for whosoever will. Jesus. Hear you, God. Because God, the Lord Jesus, died for the whole world. Shande. Yukoshina Masanta. He opened up salvation for everybody, whosoever will. I want to be, I get before the Father. In that day, I did a lot of junk in my life. Junk is putting it mildly. One thing I want to do right. Got my eyes on the prize. Ain't even about me being getting no reputation that's good in the world. I ain't worried about that. I want to know that I'm right before the Father. I want to know that I've done His will. If I can do that, then all my struggles and all my junk into a good instead of a bad. And that's what I pray for everybody, like Jesus did. See the transformation. I'm, I'm, I'm writing something now. How to how to commit crucified. Holy Ghost. Like my daughter said, something about the old man got to die before you can live forever. That's why it's called born again. How you gonna be born again? You still still who you used to be. Mm-hmm. Jesus. See everybody. Thank God for for. Forgiveness, but you better not stop there. That's the dope. You better enter the room. The room is transformation. He forgave you so that you could change. Not just that. Forgiveness, Jesus ain't a license to sin. She mentioned Romans chapter 6. Everybody need to read that chapter because in that chapter it starts off saying, shall we sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How can we that have been freed from sin live any longer therein? King James Version. I don't read that now. And I don't even believe. The only reason it was called, I'll make this little statement before we close. The only reason it is called the King James because there's so many other versions out there. But originally it was called the Scriptures. And the word Bible ain't nowhere but on the cover. Jesus didn't quote the Bible. He quoted the Scriptures. So, the scripture says, Holy Ghost, the scripture says, it is written, shall we sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that have been freed from sin, from sin live any longer therein? So what happens is there's a killing off of the old man. That's the point. It ain't graveyard. It ain't about the graveyard. It's about putting the old ways, the way. That's why God said in the book of Isaiah, your ways are not my ways, and your thoughts are not my thoughts. As the heavens is higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than you. He created man in his image, but man didn't fail. He need to get back up. 
before he go to hell. Through that. Now, Father, we thank you for all you do. Holy Ghost. We pray for everybody that's listening in and their families. Because you made family. The devil didn't. He wants to come against family. But you put families together. You are about family. Because we all are called the children of God. And you call yourself the Father. We didn't name you that. Hallelujah to your name. So therefore, we thank you for healing people and their families, God. We thank you for blessing them to have peace, the peace that passes understanding. Jesus said, come unto me, all you that are burdened and heavy laden, and I'll give you peace and rest to your souls, Shandai. And that's what people need, rest in their souls. They need the inner man at peace and at rest. They need to be the, 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 the eye of the the eye of the storm, where there's the peace, the quiet. I don't care what's going on around you. It's like when Jesus was in the boat. Storm started. The environment got messed up. And the apostles got like the environment. Master, we perish, don't you care? But Jesus was sleeping behind the part of the boat on a pillow, the scripture says. And he got up and he said, peace, be still. One of the things the Lord showed me about that scripture was Jesus didn't call the storm a storm. He changed the name, just like he gave man the ability to change. He gave Adam the ability to name all the animals. God didn't name the animals. Adam did. God gave him that authority. So he gave us the authority to name stuff. Stop calling what's trying to cause you trouble, trouble. Jesus. Change the name. That's why sometimes people will call their children, you're bad, this, and you're bad. And then they grow up and act like you said. Scripture says, let no unclean contamination come out your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, it may minister grace to the healer. What people need is to be able to be forgiven. But you can't forgive if you ain't forgave yourself. I hear you, God. And some people got self-hate, Sunday. I cleanse you from self-hate with the blood of Jesus. It cleanses a small sin. Because you ain't supposed to even hate yourself. Forgive yourself. God did. We knew better, we would do better. Now he didn't came to us to help us be better in his image and his likeness. Hallelujah to your name. Hallelujah to your name forever, God. So, Father, we thank you for your blessings on these people and continue to lead them by your spirit, Shonda. By your spirit, the Holy Ghost, in Jesus' name. Thank you for your mercy that endured forever, as your servant David said. On us, thank you for sin abound. Grace did much more abound. It is written in the Holy Scriptures of God. We thank you for peace, joy, and for all that you do. Holy Father God in heaven, creator of all things. In Jesus' name we pray and give thanks. Amen. I'll see y'all next Friday. Seven o'clock. I wanted to say something real quick. Um, there is a few yes, people on the line right now. Um, okay. First, I just I just wanted to share one thing based off of what y'all just said. Um, one of the okay. things that I noticed, like, with dealing with a lot of rejection and stuff in my own life, um, I noticed that I was pointing the finger in all different directions, but until I was able to look at myself and fix or ask God to heal what was in me, things didn't get to a place where healing would take place. It, it had... I had to look and ask God to help me with me instead of just 
like praying Speak and asking God else. to help me with everybody else, right? Amen. And so I've, ri- I've written a book on this, and my husband has books as well. And you can find all this stuff if you follow me on Instagram. You can find all of this in our links. Um, if you have any questions or would like to contact us, our contact information is on our Instagram, um, which is uh, Lightbringer Homeschooling. Or if you follow me on Beauty of Love Graphics, um, you can find all those links on those profiles. We will be glad to answer any questions or any prayer requests but I just want to open the lines right now before we get off the phone and make sure that there's nobody that needs like any prayers or would like to um, ask any questions the line is open so I've unmuted everybody's phone so if you have any questions just go ahead and ask amen whatever it may be might not know but God does that's the truth amen my Okay. Well, you mentioned, uh, mentioned you guys... the, oh, um, the address for the um, for the Warsaw website. Okay. Yes. Um, so we also have our ministry website. It's called What's Up Info. Um, you can find that link on my profile as well. But for um, right now, I'll go ahead and tell you what that is. It's What's Up Info um, and if you have any difficulty finding it, of course, that link is linked to my profile, um, which is the Lightbringer Homeschooling or the Beauty of Love graphics page. Um, so I do appreciate you guys joining. We did have a few callers come in tonight, um, and we look forward to hearing from you all again. Um, if you have any requests or anything like that, feel free to reach out to us, and we thank you so much. We, um, we truly are blessed to have you guys join us tonight. Um, and I also want to just give a huge shout-out to Prophetess Audria for coming on and speaking with us tonight. Um, we are so blessed to have you. Thank you so much. Amen. 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 Peace be unto you, everybody. May the word of God be in you, and Jesus be with you. In Jesus' name, be blessed. Good night. Amen. Amen.